it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, buckle up, Buttercup. We got a big one today. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who is not going to the mattresses for hostages in Gaza, although I have on the air every dang day, TV, radio, and everything in between. But the guy we highlight at the top of the hour today is a Democrat by the name of John Fetterman. What the hell did you just say? I say this all the time. Fox Across America, not a Republican talk show. It is an American talk show. Freedom! And while I don't love the stance of John Fetterman, uh, the fact that he is the lone feminist voice left in the Democratic Party is very telling as the White House refuses to condemn Pramilia Jayapal and her, I've got to be honest, abhorrent comments about rape and hostages over in Gaza. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are, but it doesn't mean we can't applaud one of them if they do something right. So we will lead with a little bipartisanship today. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the show. Uh, Agree with me on Fetterman, disagree with me on Fetterman. But there is some irony here in that Fetterman's the only guy standing up for the hostages And he's a guy who looks like he'd take hostages. I think he's got a point. I mean, seriously, if you woke up in a basement with no idea how you got there, you'd probably expect to be greeted by a guy like John Fetterman. Correct the mundo. (laughs) So the fact that he's standing out in the pack I thought was worthy of praise. Uh, We'll get into that. We're, of course, going to talk about the conditions uh, in the economy with Brian Brenberg. Biden is such a disaster. As he ever. And Emily Campagna will be by to discuss a special announcement regarding my career. (laughs) 888- 788-9910. This is a show with no ideological barrier for entry. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No man. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... Boom! There it is. Happy Tuesday. If you missed Gutfeld last night, if you missed the big announcement, Jimmy's first official Fox News book on sale now. Take off the apron, Jenny Fallon. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. What's that? Oh, I don't get royalties? So silly. Being silly, but we're pumped up, actually. The book is selling like hotcakes, and we are thrilled. We are honored. We are humbled. We are anything you want to say. Any positive spin you'd like to put in my mouth in this moment, I will co-sign. It is such an overwhelming feeling, to be honest with you, of relief. Because when you work on a project this big, and I'll tell you all about it, it's, you know, you're kind of like – You're like the Unabomber. You're just like alone in the woods writing your little manifesto and no one in the world knows you're about to send them the package. It's crazy. You know, maybe it's like you're a hitman. You're just traveling from town to town 
with a little laptop. You come and go. I wrote this book over the course of the last year during, you know, flights in and out of comedy shows, live events, you know, a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of airport terminals, things like that. Places comics hang out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, wherever the road took me, uh, I took you as my companion. So this book, it is called The Cancel Culture Dictionary. If you're watching on Fox Nation, I am holding it up right now. The Cancel Culture Dictionary, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun. And the reason I titled it that really quickly is because this is the manifesto. This is the ethos of this show. Okay, I tell you every day on the radio, we're in the fun business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. So it doesn't matter what it says on your business card right now. Whatever you think your occupation is, that's your job. Okay, your life is to have fun. Again, if you die tomorrow, you're not going to wish you got in another fight on Twitter. You're not going to wish it, you know, you ruined some guy who didn't even have a profile picture. You know, Twitter, social media, it's like getting into a road rage argument with someone who's not even on the same highway as you. It's stupid. Okay, but there's fun out there in the real world. And the point of this book is that weaponized censorship, the cancel culture mob, the outrage people. Okay, they have unwittingly declared a war on fun because they are now policing our sources of joy for sources of grievance. So places where you traditionally go to find joy, I'm going to go to a comedy show and just cut loose. Forget about politics. Oh, no. Oh, they're censoring that now. People are getting offended. They're treating jokes like hate crimes. They're acting like speech is vile. All right. No big deal. I'll go to the movies. I'll escape the politics there. Oh, really? No, you can't win an Oscar now if the cast isn't diverse enough. No requirements for good acting or good screenwriting. But we've got to make sure, you know, the godfather uh, transitions to the godmother and and make someone an offer he can't hear because he's deaf. As long as we make those requirements for inclusion, we wound up getting ourselves a trophy. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? What's going on here is escapism, common culture. The places we went to put our political differences aside are being corrupted by the outrage mob. And this book, it's not a dictionary, but it is an A to Z chapter guide because every letter represents a portion of the alphabet, a a thing in the alphabet anyway, that was canceled, okay? Whether it was an award show, whether it was A for Aunt Jemima, you know, something that went down, Native American mascots. And the case I'm making along the way is all of the people who claim to be working in the name of progress are actually just working in the name of power. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And I can back that up pretty easily. Nothing, nothing, nothing that has been canceled has actually led to the betterment of anyone's life. It was canceled on behalf of. He knows what he's talking about. In the summer of 2020, we whacked Aunt Jemima. We whacked Aunt Jemima in the name of racial equality. We cut a black family that had been receiving royalties for 130 years out of their monthly paycheck. That's just how white folks will do you. Yes, not any old white folks, but woke white folks. Everything woke turns to But did canceling Aunt Jemima making your pancakes pretend unracist 
improve test scores in failing inner city schools? The answer would be no. Did it lower the black crime rate? The answer would be no. No, that's the point. We're fighting the wrong battles. So this book is not nearly as serious as this monologue. The book is ridiculous. Like I am patently shocked that they left the jokes in this book that they left in this book. But I guess you kind of have to because the point we're making is they're just words. So if you go out and buy this book, essentially what we're doing for the length of this book is taking off the emotional bubble wrap. And I'm conversing with you as if it was 1982. And we know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. And we know the difference between what matters for all Americans as opposed to what can be superficially marketed to you in the name of some type of a culture war victory. Right now, we don't treat people as equals. We don't have equality. When you start to tell me certain people are off limits, that's not equality. That's treating them as an infantilized lesser than. When you start to tell me it's voter suppression because you want one race, okay, to get voter ID just like the rest of us, that's not treating them as an equal. That's the soft bigotry of low expectations. But that happens to us over and over and over again. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Okay, but when you're done reading this book, you'll get it. You'll laugh your ass off. It's good. Like I recorded the audiobook last week. That's why I was off the air and couldn't tell you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, as a writer, as a performer, my process, and I know everyone's is different, but I, I've probably you've probably heard me say this on the air before. Um, I have in my head. In my head, I have an abusive stage dad. In real life, I have a supportive dad. He's a cop, you know, beer drinker, motorcycle rider, good time guy, smoking Joe Fela. You'd love him. You'd really, you really would get a kick out of him. And you'd feel better about your own drinking if you hung out with the guy. You'd be like, well, I'm not, you know, at least I didn't ride to Alaska and back on a Dino Wide Glide with no swing arm on the back. You know, it's got to do to a man's spine. Anyway, okay, the point is in my head. I have an abusive stage dad, and that's my creative process. He just walks around calling me names all day. It's like Joe Jackson from the Jackson 5, okay? Just walks around calling me names all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got nothing. He's totally false. (laughs) I'm not kidding. But then right before I go on stage, he's like, you look good, Michael. And I go out there and sing the S out of ABC because I feel good. I'm like, woo, all right, I got permission to have a good time. And my whole life, my whole ethos, my whole world, is, you know, an effort in being a force multiplier of positive energy because I grew up around a lot of positive energy and I saw how infectious it is. I saw how it has an impact on people. You know, if you're on the radio for three hours a day screaming and yelling about the dire state of the country and we're all screwed, you're not sending one home with any hope. You're not sending them home to interact with their family and spread good vibes. You're sending them home in a bad mood. Ergo, their family's going to be in a bad mood. And are you actually going to recruit anyone at all whatsoever to your conservative cause? The answer would be no. You win when you're the cool party. Okay, nobody's out debating anyone else in this day and age. We all watch and cover and prioritize completely different issues. Okay, we all have completely carefully curated news consumption habits now that validate every bad idea that we have. Okay, so the only way to bring people into your cause is not to shout at them. Okay, it's to show them that they're not your enemy. The whole entire ethos of this show is we may hate Democratic policies, but the Democrats are our teammates. We might like not like to admit this to ourselves, but we're in the locker room right now, and the offense is just yelling at the defense. That's American politics in this day and age. The offense is yelling at the defense, but at some point we've got to run onto the field as a team and play an enemy. And that's why we're in the shape that we're in right now. 
okay, is we're fighting each other harder than we're fighting our common enemies. And one of the reasons why is we have a lot of manufactured conflicts that give us something to fight about. We're tearing down statues of dead people, dead people who aren't even alive anymore, so we can continue to fight in modern times about racism. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Of course it is. Because as you realize, okay, the demand for racism far outstrips the supply when we've got to go to war with Woodrow Wilson's name being on the side of a library at Princeton. Okay, Woodrow Wilson might have done things that we don't support in the modern era, but the reason we don't support them is because we evolved as a society, and the people who were elected president were the best examples we had at the time. They were the ones who made the incremental progress to get us towards where we are right now. That's the point. Okay, so yeah, you could go out and say, oh, I put Japanese people in internment camps. During World War II, okay, but his ideas were mainstream enough, even though we wouldn't do it now, to get him elected to the presidency twice. It's a guy who helped us win World War I, okay? You understand when you cancel a dead president, the only thing they're guilty of is not owning a time machine because at the time they were alive, they weren't guilty of anything. So all I'm trying to do with this book is give you back perspective on a comedic level. If you want to read it, it is foxnews.com backslash books, or you can go to foxnewsbooks.com. You have two options. They gave me two because they thought I was stupid and I was going to screw it up during the plug. Well, the joke's on you guys because I remembered both of them. How you like that? But we're going to focus on the book as the day goes on. Emily Campagno is going to be here. She's obviously a big part of everything I do. Brian Brenberg. I mean, these are as good of a friends as I have in this industry. Um, and, you know, the truth is we'll talk about the book. But more importantly, we'll talk about how, okay, this whole era of weaponized censorship has not made life harder on the celebrities they canceled. It's made life harder on you because we're now all walking around. 24 hours a day with a law firm on retainer in our heads that can vet every word that comes out of our mouths. Unless you live in northern Nevada, where I was just telling jokes over the weekend, they are clearly not hiring those lawyers. You guys are saying whatever the hell you want. If you're hanging out in Tyler, Texas, if you're in KTBB neighborhood, okay, you can come out and see me in Texas Music City this weekend. We're right there on old Jacksonville Highway. You guys aren't playing any defense. I've met you before, okay? You've given beer to my child when he was 10. And you know what? I applaud you for it because that's the real America. Those are the good people. That's what I grew up around, fun-loving folk. And the point is cancel culture, okay, is the only movement where the biggest winners are a bunch of losers. But they're not going to win on this show or on this book. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And now that we are done shamelessly... Plugging my book, 
which you can get at foxnews.com slash books or foxnewsbooks.com, whatever you prefer. Available for pre-order now. The announcement you need to hear, though, if you're in Tyler, Texas, if you are a KTBB listener and you're coming to our event at Texas Music City this weekend, if you pre-order the book this week, okay, and bring a receipt to the event, uh, Fox is sending me down there with inserts so I can autograph your book. So you'll get an autographed book. If you're buying it as a Christmas gift for somebody, I can autograph it for you now. You can give them that for Christmas, and the book will arrive January 30th. But if you order this week, you get the book the day it comes out, January 30th. If you wait, you get it after the release date. Uh, There's going to be a follow-up tour. There's going to be a book tour. I mentioned this in Carson City over the weekend where I'm going to be hitting individual cities with big-name Fox, you know, talent, guys that I'm friends with, people who basically – basically the people who drink and smoke the most cigars in my backyard. (laughs) I mean if I'm being honest with you. Uh, We're going to come to your cities, but it's going to be entirely predicated on which markets buy the most books. Uh, That reason being is because we want to turn this into part of the publicity tour. We want big turnouts. We want to move some product, a lot of videos of me taking selfies and signing stuff and all of you guys that dress up like me at the shows and make fun of me. I mean, we have built a culture here. It's very unique in this space. There's nothing like it anywhere out there. Nothing. We're the, believe me, we're the only ones doing this. People flash me. People flash me. I get flashed by women. Hubba, hubba. I'm just saying. Do you think that's happening? I love the great one, Mark Levin. Do you think he's getting flashed? (laughs) And to be clear, Levin, I mean, if radio shows are careers, he is a cruise liner dream ship with the water slide, the casino, the diving board, the helipad. I'm the inflatable raft the Somali pirates show up on in Captain Phillips. And let's be honest, I'm also not getting flashed exclusively by women. Uh, also getting a lot of dudes out there. I'm not. No, no, no. Nothing wrong with it if that's how you roll. But the point is there is an enthusiasm that exists around this show that is very unique anywhere in media right now. And it exists not because of me, but because of you guys. I am just one of you, you know. So the thing is, we're a collective. We're a collective that makes this thing go. And one of the most unique things about us, and this is exactly what we're going to get into in the next break, is I am going to offer rare praise for two Democrats, two Democrats I've made fun of at great length on this show. But because we call balls and strikes, there's really not a lot to say about the Republicans when it comes to Israel. Okay, we're nailing it. We understand there is no moral equivalency. We understand we are all in behind Israel. They are our only ally in the Middle East who shares our values. The only one, literally the only one. Okay, Fox News, what was the first thing we did when the conflict broke out? We donated a million bucks to the UJA, okay, and went all in on the air and saying there is no moral equivalency between people in Hamas and the innocent women and children who were under attack in Israel. Okay, but the Democrats, I got to be honest with you, aren't exactly acing this test. But two people who I'm not a big fan of, have said the right thing, uh, which gives me hope that other people may catch on soon. Do I believe that's going to happen? Probably not, but we'll give it a shot after this. Boom! There it is, Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing. At 888-788-9910. If I little, look a little perky, 
on the Fox Nation cameras. It's because my new book is on sale today, foxnewsbooks.com. I've only said it a thousand times, but it's a big deal to me, um, if only because of the people I'm in company with. When you go to the Fox News, it's foxnews.com slash books. If you go there, okay, tell me what doesn't belong. Okay, you got Shannon Bream, the love stories of the Bible speak. Harris Faulkner, Faith Moves Mountains. Shannon Bream, the mothers and daughters of the Bible speak. Saved, which is an incredibly harrowing book by Benjamin Hall, a war reporter's mission to make it home, uh, a must read if you ever want true perspective about the horrors of war and the people who risk everything to bring us the truth. A phenomenal book. Okay, Unbroken Bonds of Battle by Johnny Joey Jones. These are major league pieces of integrity. And then I show up with like, hey, Jimmy Fallon has got a story about a hooker in the back of his taxi. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. No, you didn't. And you didn't read about it in Women of the Bible Speak either. But the point is, I mean, it's really mind-blowing. And I highlight this stuff so you understand it's not like an ego thing for me. It's because you guys are listening to this right now, and 100% of this audience, 100% of this audience is ahead of where I was seven or eight years ago. 100% of you. I did not only not have money in the bank. I didn't have a bank. I had a wife with a newborn child, okay? She had a C-section. She was out of commission for like a half hour because Jenny's a total slacker. Took her like 48 hours to get back on her feet and start working around the house. And I was back out driving a taxi because we didn't have an option. That's where we were. But we were able to get to where you think I am now, whatever this looks like to you. I don't even know what it looks like to me, but it damn sure is fun. But the point is we were able to do the work to get here because we live in America. And everybody telling you you can't do it or the deck is stacked or the white privilege. If you live in this country, you have American privilege. And seeing my journey and seeing whatever this rise is before I tank the whole thing uh, is something that every one of you should be inspired by. Because there is no rule. There is no rule. That says you can't take it all over. Whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever it is you want to get past, there is no rule that says you can't overcome it and then some by a margin of five. You're absolutely right. So there you have it. Uh, Over in the political world, which is what I'm supposed to be doing for a living, instead of just shamelessly shilling books all day, uh, John Fetterman's been doing some things lately that I appreciate. Okay, if you've seen me live... I have a phenomenal Fetterman joke. It's a good, it's just a well-written joke. I mean, it's a cheap shot at the guy, but it's a well-written joke, and you get a kick out of it. So understand, I make fun of everybody. I make fun of Republicans. I make fun of everybody, because you're supposed to. When you're a comic, you're not there for the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. You're there for the keg party. That's our job, is to bring the fun in any direction it takes us. But stick with me. Fetterman is a frequent subject, uh, frequent object of my comedic ire. Uh, and I make fun of Pennsylvania a lot because I have a lot of family out there. And I've got, you know, Jay Filipponi and Connect FM out in Dubois and, uh, you know, everybody in between, WJAS, you know, great, great stations. Okay, Beaver County Radio, just phenomenal people. I mean, even PHT, I snuck onto their airwaves in Philly. Would you stop it? But understand, I talk a lot of smack about the state because it's one of those kid because I love things. But when it comes to Fetterman, I, obviously I hate his policies. I think climate change is a scam. I think open borders are an actual dereliction of duty to protecting everyone in this country. You know, I think everybody who supported defunding the police should be in jail somewhere because of just how much crime they've inflicted on the rest of us while they themselves were walking around with security details. But that being said, when it comes to 
putting your money where your mouth is, okay, on feminism, on women's rights, the Democrats are shooting a hell of an air ball, a hell of an air ball. That's true. That is true. I mean, they've been going out of their way since October the 7th when Hamas paraglided into Israel and killed everybody in sight at a dance party. Okay, they've been going out of their way to try and demonstrate a moral equivalency between Israel and Hamas. Well, you know, Hamas is oppressed and Israel's occupiers. All the social justice terms, the social justice terms that give stupid people, stupid people. Understand, if you didn't go to any college, you're just a guy out there working a trade, driving a truck. There's a damn good reason and a damn good reason why you are smarter than 99.9 percent of the people who pay a half a million dollars for a college education. You want to know why you're smarter? Because you're out there living in the real world. You're out there busting your ass, providing for yourself, not relying on the government to get you by. You are living, you are seizing the whole entire ethos of this country, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You're not sitting around demoralized and defeated because of the messaging coming out of Washington, D.C., Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But you understand the messaging coming out of Washington, D.C. originates in far-left academia. The people at the tippy-top of these colleges, the raging anti-Semites we're watching right now, fail to condemn rape and torture by Hamas. They're the people that ultimately wind up in our government and make policy. That is just reality. And if you've noticed, the Biden administration has condemned anti-Semitism. They have stood publicly with Israel. But behind closed doors, they are funneling all kinds of aid to Hamas. Okay, they are expressing different sentiments to Iran, to Yemen, who is subsidizing the Houthi attacks on our assets in the region, because it is a political liability for Joe Biden to actually stand up for what he believes is right. Everyone knows in their heart of hearts, there's no, you know, equal party you know there's two sides to every story okay think about this for a second okay hamas in the limited moments where they've traded back hostages to israel hamas has given back in some instances women and children why has israel not given them back women and children in return because israel is in kidnapping women and children oh don't, that's it. That's everything you need to know. Israel is sending back convicted murderers, terrorists. What are they getting back in return? Five-year-old girls, eight-year-old boys, pregnant women, if they're lucky enough to get them back alive. Okay, that's what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with a level, a disregard for human life that we haven't seen in this lifetime. This is beyond medieval, what they're doing specifically to women. And yesterday we talked about Pramilia Jayapal. Failing to condemn it, saying, well, we've got to be balanced. We've got to be balanced in our condemnations here. You are so full of sh**. Okay, but that's what she said, and that is the vibe inside the Democratic Party. And for that reason, Biden, who is not a true president, okay, when you're a president, you're the guy in charge of the whole freaking thing. Your job is not to read the room. I say it all the time. Your job is to lead the room. You're a stand-up comedian. That phrase over here, I'll read the room. People say it. It's cute to say in, in journalism, but it doesn't apply to comedy. We don't read the room. We lead the room. If you're a good comic, you get on stage, you're the only guy with a mic. You establish the sensibility. You establish the rules of engagement. 
If somebody comes at you, somebody comes at you, just you. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Now, you got to do it comedically. I'm not saying you do it with malice. I'm not saying you try to ruin the night and get them thrown out of the show. That's not how comedy works. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. No, but the point is comics do blow it with hecklers when they look angry. Because you didn't get brought onto the stage to be angry. You got brought onto the stage to lead that crowd of people towards a good time. That's the gig. You're selling fun. Okay, but it is a true leadership position. If a comic gets on stage and goes, like, if it's all right with you, I'd like to tell some jokes about the border. Uh, That would be really cool if you guys don't mind. Get them out of here. Get them out. You're gone. They eat you alive. Now, understand if that's how comics fail. Imagine how a president fails like Joe Biden when he refuses to lead the room and spends all day reading the room. Tell them like it is. Okay, Biden reads the room. Well, you know, they're a little upset with the Jews in my party. A lot of anti-Semites, the newer members of Congress are pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist, pro-rape and murder. I don't want to lose their support in the polls. I'm already losing it big time. So let's read the room here. We'll say some nice things to Israel, but then we'll meet with those guys privately and be like, don't worry, we're going to keep funding Hamas. That's happening. That's going on right now. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. So understand, okay, when Pramilia Jayapal says what she says, okay, about, you know, we got to balance our condemnations. The White House doesn't want to come out and condemn it because they got a problem on their hands if they condemn it because half of the party doesn't want it condemned. Okay, here is, okay, KJP, KJP holding a press conference yesterday over at the White House. She is so bad at her job. Okay, she has asked, okay, to directly condemn Pramilia Jayapal. Here's her attempt to not do it. Clip 25. Was that an appropriate comment? What uh, Hamas did is absolutely reprehensible and full stop. Rape and the use of rape as being used as a, as a weapon, uh, that is also reprehensible. And that's full stop. And I'll just leave it there. And I'm speaking for the president of the United States. So I think I've been very clear on that. Any comment, though, I, for I just, Congresswoman Jayapal? I just commented on it. I just laid out what we believe is unacceptable. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. You understand, when you get a non-answer, you're getting an answer. Bingo. Okay, any direct comment, any direct comment on Jayapal. I just laid out what we believe is unacceptable, but why wouldn't she mention her by name? She wouldn't mention her by name because they need her support. This is politics as usual. So you have a White House that can't condemn a woman who's forgiving Hamas for their atrocities. They put babies in ovens. The videos exist. People are watching them. They're beheading women and raping them. Okay? The videos exist. I know dozens of people here who've been forced to watch them because they're news anchors. It's horrific. You'll never be the same. The silver lining is it didn't happen to you, but understand that it did happen to thousands of people. And the Biden administration is so morally bankrupt that they can't individually call out members who have endorsed this type of behavior because they're scared it's going to cost them in the polls. I mean, really think about it. That is totally absurd. Okay, so understand, when you hear somebody 
okay, actually flat out condemning it, it's rare. Okay, but here's something you never hear me say on the show. John Fetterman, a Democrat, is the only guy, if you've been following him on Twitter, who continues to tweet in support of the women. The biggest feminist we have in the Democratic Party is John Fetterman. I said it earlier. It is shocking to know the only guy consistently speaking up for the hostages is a guy who looks like he would take hostages. That's bananas, but that's what we're dealing with. And you know who else actually said some of the right things? Okay? And I do mean this. Okay? Hillary Clinton. I'm going to play you a clip from Hillary Clinton. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Well, you got to do it. Okay? We call balls and strikes on this show. Does that mean I endorse Hillary Clinton? Duh. Does it mean I like her policies? Duh. Does it mean I'm going to vote for her if she runs again? And believe me, she wants to run again. Duh. Okay, but understand... Hillary Clinton, to her credit, knows this to be true, which means Joe Biden knows this to be true. These are establishment politicians. They are all in access of the most elite intelligence we have when it comes to foreign policy. There is no one in a position of power that doesn't know at their core that Israel is acting in self-defense and they don't have a problem with Islamophobia They have a problem with terrorists. There are two million Muslims living in Israel. If they wanted to commit a Muslim genocide, they ain't hopping the fence, girlfriend. They're doing it right at home. Home game. Save the money on gas. But they're not doing that because Israel couldn't coexist with Muslims and any other culture as they've proven. They're surrounded on all sides by a world that's 98% Muslim. They're not trying to wipe out the Muslim population, okay? But understand... They could if they wanted to, yet they're still not trying to because that's not their belief. What Israel stands up for is their right to exist, nothing more, nothing less. Here is Hillary Clinton saying what we know is true, clip 24. It is outrageous that some who claim to stand for justice are closing their eyes and their hearts to the victims of Hamas. The world has to decide who to believe. Do we believe the Hamas spokesperson who said that rape is forbidden, therefore it couldn't have possibly happened on October 7th? Or do we believe the women whose bodies tell us how they spent the last minutes of their lives? When I saw the list of women's rights organizations who have said nothing, I nearly choked. Where is the solidarity for women in this country and in this world to stand up for our mothers, our sisters, and our daughters? And what are they really saying? Okay, they're not calling it out by name, but understand the only people that need to hear this lecture are far left Democrats. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Okay, they still the one thing they all have in common that was Hillary Clinton, Sheryl Sandberg and Kristen Gillibrand. What is the one thing they have in common if you're paying attention? Okay, they didn't call it out by name. I will give them credit for acknowledging this. But just the same, they don't want to directly target their own party. But this is how morally bankrupt we are. I mean, who are we as a people? I understand you want to win elections and the country runs on power. But the reason we're in the position that we're in, in the state of decline that we find ourselves in as a country, we're absolutely capable of turning it around and we will. But we're in this position because we are being led by people who are more concerned with the political cost than the human cost. The Democrats were the party of 
believe all women. That's who we were. A woman accused Brett Kavanaugh with a, a yearbook. I scribbled something in his yearbook. Fun night at Sully's house. And they were like, oh, that's it. Rapist. What else could be alluding to? What other fun could you have at Sully's house besides rape? I mean, come on, man. But that's what they ran with. Now they've got videos, they've got corpses, they've got autopsies, they've got forensic analysis of women that were raped by hundreds of people. And apparently it was a typo. They meant believe tall women. I don't know. But it wasn't all women. Because if those women come with a political cost to the Democratic Party, they ain't saying a word. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a lot going on today on the show. Emily Campagno, the human happy hour. Joining me in the studio in the next hour, Brian Brenberg is going to be by as well. Uh, two of my all-time faves on a pretty big day in my career. Uh, we'll have other news to announce soon regarding a comedy. Uh, my stand-up comedy special, which comes out in January. And a lot of tour dates. My goodness gracious. Uh, I'm gonna have to, it's going to be a pricey tour because i got to bring Jenny and Lincoln. I can't be away that much. I actually am one of those people who likes my family. I mean, it's early. We're a young family. I don't doubt we're like two or three years away from, I mean, good gosh. Get her out. Get her out of here. We're not there yet, Jenny. I love you if you're listening. But a quick break, and we are back with Emily Campagno right here on the big bed, one and only high-flying, death-defiant fox across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, 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 well. Would you look who made it back into the studio on time? You are so full of sh. Fox Across America, your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. A show that functions with one rule. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... There it is. So we're back in action. Hour number two. On a big Tuesday. One quick, one quick, one quick word of appreciation for our colleagues on the Democratic side of the aisle who are failing us. When it comes to upholding our morals and values in the Middle East, to their credit, and this is something I've been doing today, I have been giving Democrats credit, the diamonds in the rough who are saying the right things, one of whom went on CNN yesterday. CNN is the worst. But at a time when Premier Jayapal and the members of the squad keep saying, well, you know, sure, what Hamas did to women and children was bad. But, you know, you got to look at everything coming out of Israel. That is a fact check false. No moral equivalency. So really quickly, before we move on with the show, I just want to put a button on that conversation we were having earlier because to her credit, okay, Debbie Dingell went on CNN, okay, from the great state of Michigan, which I say with a wink and a nudge because, as you know, uh, I am married into a family that don't give a damn 
about the whole state of Michigan. The whole state of Michigan, the whole state of Michigan, they don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan. They are from Ohio. But anyway, here is Debbie Dingle giving a damn about the women who have been tortured by Hamas and saying outright that she is the one Democrat by name that has expressed a willingness to directly call out the representatives in Congress that are Hamas apologists. Clip 26. Question. I'm going to talk to Pramila. I have a call into her. I think she, I, I, I'm going to just speak for myself on this subject, and I'm raw on this subject yeah. because of the hate and that I have had directed at me for speaking the truth. I will speak the truth, and I don't care who it is. Rape is an act of violence, and it becomes too often a tool in any act of war. And as women everywhere, we must stand up for women everywhere. I admire your honesty. Okay, she's right. But did you notice something really quickly? She goes, I'm just going to speak for myself here. Because she can't speak for her whole party because her whole party doesn't agree with her that raping Israeli women and children is bad. What the hell is the world coming to? But the reason I bring them up, okay, understand, is my whole show today is essentially an infomercial for my book. It's available for pre-order, okay? And we're not going to give you any coordinates right now. I'm not trying to sell you this book in this moment. But understand, what I wrote about in my book were the people behind weaponized censorship. Okay, the people who are out there leading this moral crusade, the ones who run on self-righteousness, that are guilty of every single thing they're accusing the rest of us of. Okay, we were told, and you know this to be true, okay, we were told by the Democrats to believe all women with no evidence with no corroborating witnesses, with no recollection from the victim, in air quotes, Christine Blasey Ford, we were going to deny Brett Kavanaugh a seat on the Supreme Court without even giving him due process. This is rape. The Republicans are pro-rape. Do you have any evidence that suggests this woman was a... The answer would be no. Oh, interesting. There are any address or home or the name of the person who was throwing the party where it happened? The answer would be no. Can you provide us with a witness who you spoke to about this incident at any point in the subsequent 35 years? The answer would be no. Yet they were willing to throw Brett Kavanaugh off the Supreme Court. Believe all women. Now we have video. Now we have corpses. Now we have forensic evidence. And the Believe All Women crowd says, nah, you're going to have to do a little better than that. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But that's what they're doing. No, no, I mean, come on. Who knows those women? They could have raped themselves. They could have raped themselves. Maybe Hamas showed up. You know, don't you hate when you're invading a culture, an unarmed population at a dance party, you kill all of them, and some of the women raped themselves, and now you get blamed for it? Isn't that the worst when you're throwing 41 babies into ovens and cooking them alive and then the women freak out and start raping themselves? Guys, what are we talking about here? What are we as a society if there isn't a universal condemnation of how disgusting that is? But that's what we're dealing with. And you understand the people dealing it to us are the ones that told us to do better. You're the anti-Semites. You're the racists. It's the right wingers, you see. 
They're the bad guys. All those white people, the ones who work those 12-hour shifts, maybe multiple jobs, the ones who go to church all the time. Come on, man. It's COVID. You can't go to church. Church? You'll die in church. The only place you're safe at a time of COVID is if you're looting a Nike store or burning down a Little Caesars in the name of racial equality. That's where you're immune from COVID. 15 fires to slow the spread. Don't you remember the saying? I mean, come on, man. But that's their worldview. They run on a moral superiority. They call everyone else the devil. And it pistol whips people into aligning with their worldview because they don't want to get the blowback. That's how we made it as far as we did into the charade of biological men competing in athletics against biological women. That's not right. It's not right. Okay, think of our good friend Riley Gaines. You've heard her on the show. We hung out at the Patriot Awards. Okay, Riley Gaines trains her whole life because she wants to win an Olympic gold medal because she wants to go to college, okay, and be a gold medalist. And a guy jumps in the pool and beats her and takes the top prize she's traded her whole life for. And I will give Leah Thomas credit because she jumped in that pool and she was not only battling her fellow women competitors, even though she was not a woman, uh, she was also battling shrinkage. But there she went courageously into the pool. But you understand it was a scam, but they got their way because the Democrats have succeeded in creating a divide between what people know to be true and what they're willing to say in public. Okay, what we knew to be true was something anyone would say in public. Mr. Rogers used to sing it in public. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Mr. Rogers sang that song for 40 years. He sang it on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. The best one. The top, the alpha. Like, if there was a late-night show in heaven for all the names you can throw at me, like, everyone's hoping to get booked on that. He's the guy. He's the best we'll ever have. The panache. If you ever go back and watch, like, Dean Martin roast, he is a star among stars. He has a presence. He has a voltage. It's an unteachable thing. But the minute you see it, you can't unsee it. He is a star emeritus. Okay? But understand this. Okay? Mr. Rogers was not considered a transphobe or a bigot. He was portrayed on film by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is not exactly from the wrong side of the societal train tracks. Sasha Baron Cohen, who's as liberal as anybody, okay, famously devoted an entire episode to a season finale of What is America to a sketch where they were pretending that a man could have a baby. They were pretending that the left was going to get so woke that in some day down the road, they'd be pretending a man could have a baby. And everybody was like, come on, you're putting me on. This is getting stupid now. And we laughed because we were like, could you imagine? And the punchline was that the guy gave birth to a butt baby. What the hell did you just say? A butt baby. Because the truth is, where is it coming out of? We don't have a uterus, fellas. Where is it coming? We don't have one. That's a scientific fact. But it's become admissible to pretend that it's not a fact because people were scared to state the obvious. Understand, we had a Supreme Court justice confirmed this year that was asked, what is a woman? And she's like, well, I'm not a biologist, so I can't weigh in on that. You gotta do better than that. 
Nobody knows what a woman it is, but they want us to celebrate every time a woman gets named to the court. Okay, if the first female president is a Democrat, there are going to be mandatory forced crying sessions every day for a year to acknowledge just what a monumental achievement this is. I mean, if the first female president is Nikki Haley or a Republican, oh, liberals are going to lose their Oh, forget it. They'll be like, she's not even a real woman. She doesn't have a penis. Come on. That's not a woman. Come on. What the hell did you just say? That one's a popular clip today. But the point is, they're full of it. The people that are waging this battle for progress, they're not behind any of these causes. Everything I talk about in my book, the Cancel Culture Dictionary, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun, every single chapter is a really humorous take, to be honest with you. It's written at a very high level, but it took me 800 drafts. Uh, a drinking problem. I've gained about 20 pounds. I'm pretty beat up. I'm not going to lie. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Fine, but fat, drunk, and stupid from the heart gave you a hell of a book. Okay, but every chapter in that book will show you uh, through my worldview and the one you share from listening to the show every day how all the people pretending to care the most are the ones who care the least. He knows what he's talking about. And every one of these superficial efforts in progress, it's not activism, it's slacktivism. Native Americans are suffering from the highest rates of diabetes, alcoholism, heart disease, and illiteracy. They have the shortest life expectancy in the world. Okay? We accommodated that by canceling the Washington Redskins mascot, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. No, no, no. We don't understand. We fixed the halftime show. So you guys are good. You're on your own now. That's what cancel culture is. No, no, you guys forget about it. I did the diabetes, heart disease. All that goes away when you change the halftime show. The cheerleaders are going to do the cartwheels. The whole, it's a different guy now. Don't even worry. It's a commander. It's not a, it doesn't even matter. And they don't go back. They don't help. That's the point. It's a fraud. But that fraud is costing you your good time. It's costing me my good time because the rules of engagement are changing. They're only changing if we let them. So the whole point of the book is to give us a societal compass back towards a world where the people who show up and get offended at everything get told, hey, you, that's what they're told. You, that's what they're told. That's the point of the book. And understand now more than ever, it is high season. For standing up for these people because they're exposing themselves as the frauds that they are. College campuses right now today as we're on the air, presidents of Harvard and Penn are testifying and being questioned, called onto the carpet for the the, the rampant anti-Semitism on their campuses. When kids are calling for an intifada, okay, an intifada is a genocidal call for the extinction of all Jews. That's acceptable parlance in every corner of academia. Intifada means kill every Jew. Not about a two-state solution. Not about end the occupation. It is about zero hour for an entire race of people. That's what it's about. But you understand, these are the same college campuses that were banning comedians because they might be insensitive. They might offend someone's culture. We can't have Halloween anymore. Because Halloween is culturally insensitive. I'll be right with you. We're just going to go to a kill the Jews chant. But anyway, cultural insensitivity is a problem. We can't have you. I'll be right with you at the kill the Jews thing. Just give me a second. 
cultural insensitivity, big problem. We are not going to tolerate it on this campus. Once we get done calling for the killing of all Jews, we're going to come back here and we are going to do something about this cultural insensitivity thing, young man. I'm sorry I assumed your pronouns. Young thing, Yazir, uh, whatever you're doing, I don't care. I'm not disrespecting your culture. But the point is that's what cancel culture is. They don't get offended because they care. They get offended because they expect to get something. Nobody is offended in the first place. People go, oh, we're such snowflakes. You guys fell for a trap on that one. Nobody's offended. They just expect to get something from being offended. That's why the people don't protest the guy playing bananas in Hasbrook Heights this weekend. They protest Dave Chappelle. You can't get anything if you protest the guy that's getting paid in chicken fingers. Okay, he doesn't have any clout. He doesn't have any visibility. Your protest doesn't gain any legs. They go after high visibility targets because that will bring them more attention, maybe more empathy from their employer. That's why they went after Chappelle at Netflix. Like, I'm upset. Give me something. Change the corporate policy. I want to raise just for pointing out how transphobic those jokes were. But Dave Chappelle's jokes, if you remember, culminated in him announcing a scholarship fund. For the children of a deceased trans comedian who he had his philosophical differences with, but he came to love and support. So much so that he established a scholarship fund for the family. Are those the words of a man who thinks transgender people don't have a right to exist? The answer would be no. Of course not. But cancel culture is never going to let the facts get in the way of a good outrage because again and again and again, they're not here for cause. They're here for control. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing, 888-788-9910. You want to talk about the shamelessness on the left? Here's James Carville, as influential uh, of a commentator as there is in left-wing uh, politics, trying to tell you that Speaker Mike Johnson and Christian nationalism, or whatever the hell they're trying to call it, are a bigger threat to this country than al-Qaeda. For real. Clip three. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. When I, when I, I, I promise you, I know these people. Well, you're talking about Christian nationalism. That's absolutely. This is a, a bigger <clears throat> threat than al-Qaeda uh, to this country. They, and let me tell you something. They have Speaker of the House. They got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Right? Don't kid yourself. And, and people in the press have no idea who this guy is, how he was formed, what the threat is, and this is a fundamental threat to the United States. It is a fundamental threat. They don't believe in the Constitution. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'll say it again. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, Mike Johnson. Christian nationalism. A bigger threat to the country than the guys who knocked down the World Trade Center. Than the biggest civilian attack in the history of this country, Mike Johnson, the guy who wants to secure the border, is worse than that. 
says James Carville. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. I mean, James Carville. You know when you were at a bar with your buddy and you realize he's gone from, like, singing Love Shack off key to he's now singing Love Shack on top of the bar? He's taking his shirt off. You're like, you know, it might be time to get Vinny out of here. Okay, James Carville has reached that stage of political commentary where if you truly care about the guy, get him away from a microphone because that is weapons grade stupid. This guy's a serious ass. People say to me all the time, Jimmy Fallon, you're out here touring the country. You're writing books. Why are you doing it? Because I got to pay off Emily Campagno's bar tab. Joining me now to let me know if I'm out of the woods yet. Now that we've launched my book, The Human Happy Hour, co-host of Outnumbered, the host of the Fox True Crime podcast. Download, subscribe immediately. Emily Campagno is here. The crowd goes wild. Hey, girl. Yo, here's how you guys know Jimmy is lying. Because (laughs) you know as well as I do that my bar tabs are cheap, dude. (laughs) I drink cheap beer and cheap drinks. So if he says to you that it's expensive, you know he is not talking about me. I'm sure you're talking about your... I will give you credit for this. Everybody, and this is true, it's worth saying... Everybody who loves you, that watches Fox and just loves you, doesn't understand how much more they'd love you if they knew you. You know, like, I would like the joke that, oh, it's, you know, like, Emily's the best. And I'll always text you and be like, someone said they love you. I'm like, that's because they don't know any better. But they would love you because you, her campaign promise is legitimate. Someone asked this at a Q&A. Saturday night, this is a funny story. Saturday night at the Carson Nugget, uh, doing a Q&A, a gentleman stood up. And wanted to know who is the best hang on the show. He's like, of all the people you have on, you give nicknames to, who is the best hang on the show? And I gave you credit. I said, Emily is like me. Like, when we're alone, we're just fat, white trash. We are. We are. We just eat and blast music, and we're disgusting. Do you remember a time in my backyard? Tell me if you remember this. It was me, you, my buddy Dean Imperial. So it's me, you, Jenny, Dean Imperial, and his girlfriend, Tess. And we were just drinking, and Jenny had smoked like a hog. And and we were just drinking, and it, it turned into like a dance party on my patio. It was like four people. Of course I remember. And the funniest <laughs> part is that the next day, for some reason, I had the, the biggest bruises on both of my <laughs> oh, gluteus no. maximuses areas because I, I was dancing so hard. I, I kept this. crashing into the, your barbecue. <laughs> and weirdly, like on both sides. So I woke up in the next morning, and I was like, why am I sore, and why am I bruised? It was because I danced my... <laughs> Ass off, literally. Dude, we were footloose. Nobody goes harder. Nobody. No one goes harder. And the point is, okay, uh, the reason I wrote a book about winning the war on fun is because we haven't, like you and me, we have not lost our compass. We've had fun every minute of every day of every year of our lives because we understand the whole point of being alive is to have fun. (laughs) If you die tomorrow, you're not going to wish you had like another deadline to meet or another fight to get in. You're going to wish you were dancing till you bruised your hips on my barbecue. Okay, which is not hard to do because there are multiple barbecues in that yard. Pick one. There are things going on. But the point is, all I was trying to case up, I'm trying to make in my book is like, hey, we're fighting a lot of battles that shouldn't be fought. And what I mean by that, Em, is me and you both know there are problems in the world, but comedy clubs aren't a problem. Movies aren't a problem. Music isn't a problem. Those are sources of joy. And we're now going to sources of joy looking for grievance. We're not, but people were. 
And me and you are here as a reminder to like, you know, shake the compass up and point it back in the correct direction, which is just go have fun, respect each other's space, respect each other's values, respect each other's right to be happy. But don't actually feel like you can't live your most fun life in pursuit of whatever that joy is, as long as it's not happening at anyone else's expense. Am I right? It's perspective. Thank you. That's the whole point, is that it's perspective of that compass. It's of who we are. And whatever happens to us doesn't affect us on the inside Mm -hmm. because we remain the same two people that we've always been. Yes. And you and I have talked a lot about this through the years um, as we were sitting in your backyard, you know, dreaming big and and all this. And we still sit in your backyard dreaming big. Yeah, yeah. And it's about... Things it, I think part of it has to do with things happening later in life to us, mm-hmm. and I also think it has to do with the fact that we've lived a hundred lives, yeah, regardless of our age. Like mm-hmm. at a young age, we yeah. were living saturated lives, mm-hmm. um, and I think that reflects in the fact that this is the Rolling Stone songs. You know, it, it was all a dream I dreamed one one time long ago. That's yeah. us every day, man. We're so like, true. yo, this is a dream. Is What's crazy. next? Like, What's we, behind? We actually get it. Like we're walking around a TV studio at the most famous channel in the world. And we're just having fun because we get it. Like, this is unique. Uh, It's a unique moment in in the book of our lives. This is a very fascinating chapter. And I think what we're trying to do to the people that might feel like they're outside the party, because we're in this building, everybody else is listening from outside or watching from outside, is we're trying to remind them that we all have the same purpose in life, which is to just have fun. You know, we're here having fun as they should be, wherever they happen to find themselves today. Whatever your business card says you do for a living, you're in the fun business. You know, if you're a dog groomer, mm-hmm. you're supposed to blast your favorite songs on the way there, smoke a joint if that's what you do. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is, your whole point of going to work today is to nail it. Just nail it. Nail it. And that dog's got to look like a million bucks. Here's another piece of advice, folks. Take pride in what you do. you got to love your art. You know that? If you make sandwiches at a deli, you make the S out of that sandwich. And you, again, play the music and smoke the joint. Whatever you do. I don't know. But the point is to have fun. And I feel like we got to this place because of social media where there was currency to be had in ruining the fun. Mm. Hey, I don't like that comedian. They're not actually offended, but they know they'll get attention for being offended. You dig? They know there is currency to come from being outraged. And but in inadvertently, that starts to police our fun. You know, and at a time when we're not policing our streets that hard, let's be honest, the idea that we should, you know, maybe be enhancing security for the joke police, but not the real police seems a little silly to me. That's the point, Emily Campagna. Yeah, it is. So look, let's dive in more to your book, Jimmy. Like mm-hmm. what as you were writing it, what you just articulated, you've always known. Mm-hmm. So tell me what you uncovered you know, as you're writing this. Mm-hmm. What did you learn that you didn't know? Oh, this is interesting. Well, first and foremost, I learned that anyone can get a book deal. I thought there was some qualification. (laughs) I was like, clearly some type of degree. I don't know what the background is. Emily and I are talking about the Cancel Culture Dictionary. I'll hold it up for the Fox Nation cameras. It is available right now. Foxnewsbooks.com. Foxnews.com backslash books. They gave me two URLs because I thought I might screw up one of them. I, I'm so, so they, proud of you. Oh, it's Look dope. at that. It's rad. Emily, Look at that, man. You get some ink in here. You get some you... ink. There's some ink in here. Some things are said. Yeah. Nothing bad. No, you're fine. It's all in the acknowledgments, though. You're not in like a chapter <laughs> where I'm like, this. <laughs> <laughs> the real truth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing dice rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Jack and Jill <laughs> went up the hill. 
I'm like, before we proceed, let's see that page. Yeah, no, no thank just you. kidding. So no, let I, me tell you I, what I read. I, excer- I mean, it's, a fin- it's phenomenal. First of all, everyone, it is phenomenal. As you oh, know, it thanks. would be anything that comes out of Jimmy is brilliant and it's phenomenal. So that's let's just get that out of the way. Boom. And then the second thing is just how proud I am of you, buddy. Oh, Look at buddy. you. Look at buddy. you with your book. It's a whole to do. You got a book that you wrote. <laughs> Jimmy, literally he's got his little book thing there. Yeah. And you already were an author. Let's be clear. You yeah, yeah. already have written but amazing But not for books. the Fox label. But exactly. So, so this, this one is matters. So, really what a matters. shine. And I, I'm it just looks, really proud right. that this, that our mm-hmm. beloved employer um, sees you as this beautiful asset and an amplifier to all of us within. Oh, you know, that they, they look, look at you. You are the ambassador for this brand. That's, no, that's a big it's, deal. It's psychotic. My mind is completely blown. Like for real. It's been yeah. blown for a while now. But the thing I learned, and thank you for all of that, and you, you read it exactly the way mm, I wrote it down. That's right. And that's, I mean, that's they, why they you. with a check or that, card. That's why they put her on TV. <laughs> I mean, that's a gal. <laughs> you give her a screen. You run the play into the huddle. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Boom. That was Jim Plunkett handed off to Marcus <laughs> yeah, Allen against the Redskins. <laughs> there it is. And that's what they were called. You're just going to have to deal with it. I mean, that's why the Raiders beat them that bad in that Super Bowl, because they knew they were going to sell out and change the mask out down the road. But what I really learned, this is probably the most important thing, and I will give credit to people on the left, is the truth is liberals don't like cancel culture. It's predominantly liberal, but the vast majority of their, of their party doesn't want to be around an angry grievance crowd. People are calibrated to fun. We'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't say liberals have fun. You know, they go out, they drink, they party, they do what they do. There's a lot of performative wokeness and censorship. But I think what I learned is cancel culture became a thing because social media was new and we didn't understand it. And what I mean by that is there was a time in this country, like 2014, 2015, where every day you got on Twitter and someone you had either never heard of or didn't know what they said the night before was fired. It was like a who are we pretending to be mad at today type of a moment. And a lot of us played a role in enhancing its power because we either didn't speak up because we didn't want to get bum rushed by the mob or some people did because they wanted the currency that came from condemning the bad person. Mm -hmm. And that kind of allowed cancel culture. It was like, you know, in the gremlins, if you threw water on one of them, you had a million of them. That's what social media was. We always had a percentage of society that were a bunch of a-holes. But social media gave them the ability to multiply because we were all connected on our phone. So the a-holes could find each other and create like a rallying point. And I think in the infancies of cancel culture, it gained power because people were scared of it and wanted, like I said, the currency. But I think as it went on and we saw how repetitive it was and how none of the things getting canceled were helping anybody, we all got to a place where we wanted to get rid of it. I don't believe anybody benefits from it. Uh, I don't think I could point you to anything in society that was improved from cancellation, meaning if you cancel Native American mascots, they didn't then go back and help the community. You dig? Mm-hmm. If you whacked Aunt Jemima, I don't, what's improved? <clears throat> you know, you cut a black family out of royalty checks, but you didn't improve anything. You know, so I think my argument is it's taught us to fight the wrong battles, and that inadvertently creates a war on fun. You know, that's what I think the argument is. So I think that was like the takeaway is that I have this thesis that we have to f- – <laughs> I can't stress your radio, so it's hard. But we have to be – we have to really learn and go back to that moment where we all understood the value, the good, juicy, spiritual currency that came from giving someone the finger, someone who deserved <laughs> to be given the finger. I don't owe you a pretend outrage at mm-hmm. Mrs. Butterworth. 
Mrs. Butterworth is allowed a black family to cash royalty checks for 100 years. I don't owe you to, oh, this is racist breakfast. Let's screw them out of money now. You know, come on. I don't owe you that. And for a while there, we thought we did, though. We're like, how dare you make racist breakfast? And we're like, all right, I guess we're going to whack Uncle Ben then with, with his freaking rice. Am I right? And, you know, Uncle Ben, the mascot, was a Chicago waiter who made money. He went from a waiter to a corporate mascot because they made Uncle Ben's rice. He was a slave. Uncle Ben's was actually named after a farmer who took pride in the long grain rice that he grew. And the guys who founded the company were hooking up black people and they were making money. But in 2020, we're like, nah, the racist rice already. I've had it with the racist rice. And I realized it's all performative and it's a scam. So now I'm like militant. Am. I'm running for office. I'm running for, I'm kidding. Is that I would, the next step? No, I, I would say, never so, pass the background so what check. Next, what next um, in that thesis? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the book we we're gonna buy it, we're gonna read it, and we're mm. gonna you're gonna be signing it all the time. So I don't mean what next yeah. logistically. I mean as you created that thesis. So then, what next in social media? Is there an end? Are we permanently ruined? Well, Is there a shift that's gonna happen? Yes, Can people I, retain the fun? I feel like there's a cultural shift, and I think there's a reason my book came out before my stand-up special. Is <laughs> I think people are gonna read this, you know, understand, yeah. and kind of get it. People listen to the radio already know it. But I'm basically paving the road because my stand-up special, you were there, yep. isn't exactly playing a lot of defense. <laughs> I'm kind of doing comedy in the year 1988 where we know the difference between a joke and a hate crime yes. on purpose because I'm trying to show people that the speech is violence crowd. Okay, number one was only saying that to get their way. But number two, the people who told the speech was violence are now the ones calling for violence on college campuses. So I think what we're doing is I think every last vestige of power the mob had and like the, you know, the self-righteous people, uh, they've given away over the Israeli, you know, Gaza conflict with Hamas. And I think society is recalibrating. I think we're realizing outrage culture has always been a tyranny of the minority. And we don't want to live this way anymore. We don't want to live with a law firm on call in our heads 24 hours a day because we might do the wrong thing. Because that's not how life, that's not what life's supposed to be. Like when you say a dumb thing at a party, we should never work again. That's dumb. Um, we have law firms in retainer on our head because of how we drink when we go to bars. But that's not, it's not because of Halloween costumes. It's not because the cast of The right. Godfather isn't diverse enough. It's like, remember the debate over Love Actually we had on Outnumbered at one point? Yes. The director of Love Actually 20 years later, was like, I, I apologize. The movie should have been more diverse. But what is that? You know, it's, a, it's performative emasculation because he wants approval from these people who could never be happy anyway. And love actually wasn't successful because it lacked diversity. It was successful because women liked it and guys wanted to sleep with them. That's why it was successful. Straight up, Emily. She's nodding her head. She is. She's no, amen. No, yes, I'm well, not. That is why it was successful. Come yeah. at me. I just, I love, I mean, the movie is so I know people, so does Jenny. She loves it, but that's why it's so successful, because it got every guy (laughs) to co-sign for every woman they wanted to be with. Anyway. Thank you. Yes to all of that. Hold on a second. One uh, from from, from the author. Hold on it. That's true. That is true. Okay, yeah, they agree with me. Um, What interests me is learning about the amplification of the voices of the few, Mm -hmm. and what I'm curious about and now I'm taking sort of a 30,000 foot view here, mm-hmm. but oftentimes, for example, on Twitter, the Twitter mob, you know, is it one person tweeting a hundred times? Is it 100 people amplified by a thousand bots? Mm-hmm. Like when you distill 
down the noise, what is the level of reality? And I think that other regimes personally and other groups have benefited from mm-hmm. the social agitation and the success, frankly, yep. of creating this intense fissure in our society. And I just wonder how many of them are actually real. Um, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I know the different levels and demeanors of those hippies mm-hmm. and those liberals. Mm-hmm. I know the angry type. Yeah. I know the peaceful type. Mm-hmm. I know the ingrained cellular level type. And I know the those that have been radicalized and indoctrinated by school, like you, all the yeah. different types yep. I grew up with mm-hmm. and were our friends, parents and families and the like. So I really get that. Um, and no one ever likes the angry types. Yeah. But you wonder about, you know, it's true that that momentum gets things accomplished. So there's a value to a certain degree. But the mob mentality, to me, I wonder if, you know, we call it new now. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's old. It's the same mobs that used to run through the square with the, the pitchforks. Yep. Just like in Beauty and the Beast. It's, it's, it's however we've seen it throughout yep. history. It just take a different Boom. form. Boom. That's what it is. It's just a different form. They're, they're the same all- people. Sorry. But they're yeah. the same people they were before social media. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and it's the enemy. Because when you think about how, in my opinion, how the enemy operates, it's in different societies. And right now, the enemy's fertile ground is people's minds. Yes. And when you are susceptible to... Um, all the things you're susceptible to not only yes the getting mm-hmm. fires and cancels yeah. and stuff but you're getting you're susceptible to those thoughts that you're yep. inferior and not good enough yep, and yep, like yep, yep, yep. oh gosh and oh no and whatever like man that's that's the success of the enemy you yes. have to rise above that and that's how but that's where Persist. social media is so demonic because it pulls people into that group thing because they want to fit in they want the approval but you nailed it you hit the nail on the head it's like i basically speak to it in the book as it's it, And this is a generalization, but it's spot on. It is a group where its biggest winners are a bunch of losers. That's what it is. Totally. They're people nobody likes. That's and I, I have to confess that, A, as that's so shocking for you and I. Because going back to how we started this, yep. which is that we're the same people as we started as we are yep. now and will always be. That is because our equilibrium is if... Yo, if you're not nice, if you're not likable, yeah. then you're not at the lunch table. Yeah, just get out it has here. nothing to do with cool or not. It just has to do with like, are you a good person, man? Then you're always welcome and you always amplify the fun. That, and if you're not, what are you doing here? Thank so you. the notion that the world's upside down, that those people who should be nowhere near other humans are somehow in power and in decision making so, and have this social influences mm-hmm. is the most shocking thing to because it, it like shocks ba- our conscience. Ba- back to what I said earlier. Society is gonna learn how to go back to a good juicy middle finger. And we're all going to be better off. Emily Campagna, ladies and gentlemen. Get her out. Get her out of here. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Bang. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. We got an hour coming up that is just an outright embarrassment of radio riches. Brian Brenberg, Bella the Ball, co-host of The Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network, a show I'll be on this Friday. Do you know how we do that when I'm on radio and TV at the same time? We synchronize the commercial break, and I have to sprint down to Studio E do a four-minute TV appearance, and be back here. And we have about nine minutes to pull the whole thing off because we do it at the bottom of the hour like we're about to do right now. It's psychotic, but I do it because I wouldn't dare miss a second with you, girlfriend. 
So don't go anywhere because we're going to make it right after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are back in action, fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America. Jimmy Fallon doing the dang thing at 888-788-9910. Going to have a little chit-chat about the economy under Joe Biden because the word on the street is that we're trending towards a recession. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The good news is we're not there yet. The bad news is inflation is still out of control. They want you to believe, no, it's not a big deal. We're doing it. It's fine. Bidenomics. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm mm-hmm. It sure is. And I'm not saying that because we have a Democratic president. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you'd probably realize, you know, over the course of the next hour, I don't care. I don't care who the president is if the country is thriving, if the country is succeeding, a rising tide lifts all boats. We win. So I might be unapologetically conservative. I might work at Fox News, but I don't tell you you're not welcome here if you don't agree with me. Okay, I tell you we have one rule. It's very simple. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Because the point is, right now, we're in such a perpetual fight for control. You know, it's two kids that are fighting over control of the toy. I want to play with it. I want to play with it. I'm playing with it. And then the toy out of nowhere just breaks in half. Now you're all mad and angry and screaming. Okay, that's what's happening to the country right now. The fight for control has gotten so petulant and stupid that we're breaking the thing in half. It's dumb. So I understand people are beholden to political ideology, but we're not here to own the libs. I don't even want to rent the libs. I don't care. Okay, I just want the country to do better. And the only way we're ever going to make that progress is if we get people to dial it back. The problem in media now, okay, it's not a lot of talent out there in this medium that I happen to be in. Okay, as a comedian, there are brilliant comics, brilliant, genius comics. Okay, who can do all kinds of wild things in the name of getting a laugh, singing and dancing and tapping and joking and writing and performing serious talent. Okay, but a lot of the biggest influencers when it comes to politics only have one gear, and that's to keep ratcheting up the venom. That's what they're doing. What most guys in radio are trying to do, okay, is emulate the late, great Rush Limbaugh. But what they don't understand is that Russia's superpower was not weapons-grade political analysis. He had it. He was the best at it. But if you're listening to the show right now as someone who listened to Rush, you understand that Rush was great company. He was a good hang. He was atmospheric. Radio is a buddy cop movie. You get into the car and hear a new partner's voice coming out of the speaker, and you've got to decide whether or not you want to sit in a squad car with this guy all day and fight crime. Russia's superpower is you could agree or disagree. Okay, the guy was unapologetically pro-American, optimistic, and he was fun. And that's the hook. What most people trying to emulate when it comes to Russia's success is the one thing they can emulate which is the analytical side of the whole thing, okay? There's a lot of people out there. You know, Rush had days where he'd be upset about a policy or he'd be driving you in a direction towards this is what they're going to do next, okay? And Rush had that aspect, but a lot of people 
are basically trying to emulate that because it's all they can emulate. It doesn't take a lot of talent to get angry about politics. It doesn't take any talent to tell you, oh, the liberals trying to destroy the country. Okay, in a lot of ways, their policies are destroying the country. But I don't believe this is a party of people that want to destroy the country. And I say that because they're not going anywhere. If they really wanted to destroy the country, okay, like truly wanted to destroy the country, they'd probably be making plans to get out of it. Because if the country's destroyed, their life is destroyed too. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, they think we want to destroy the country. But it doesn't take any talent to accuse the other side of something. Nor does it give us the ability to grow the conservative movement or the American movement. Okay, so when I come on this show, if you listen, you understand if I'm calling out something the Democrats do, it's not because I'm going to get mad at Democrats. I don't, whatever. You got, you got your whole life to live. What do you want to be mad for? It's so dumb, so useless. But I'm trying as a voice of reason to explain how we're so beholden to our political parties that oftentimes we're overlooking things at the well-being of all of us. Like the economy is trending in a bad direction right now. It doesn't get called out a lot. Because if you were a Democrat, the last thing you want to concede is that your party is doing a bad job with what they're doing in an election year. That's true. That is true. Okay, so understand, though, that doesn't the fact that they don't call it out doesn't change the fact that the economy is bad, doesn't change the fact that inflation is higher than wages. Okay, when you go to the store, the key stuff, the gas to get you to the store, higher the car, the used car prices, 35% higher. The food you're going to buy, higher. You understand? Milk, eggs, cheese, meat, higher. Biden is such a disaster. And that's just reality. If you're trying to get by in the world, it is harder under this president. So when you ask yourself the question, are you better now than you were four years ago? No one, no one can look me in the face and say yes. What they'll say, well, you know, well, but the climate change, the climate change. You know, you understand, we got this climate change. We're better off now because of the climate. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Nobody has anything on climate change. Here's a newsflash, guys, really basic, okay? We can't control the weather. We can't. We cannot control the weather. No matter what people say, well, we got to be to this carbon degree goal in 50 years, all they're really saying to you is money, 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 money. You got to spend more. We've got to decimate our domestic energy production. You've got to donate to me because I can control the weather, you see. Pay up, suckers. Okay, that's all it is. But that's their deliverable. Well, under the Biden-Harris administration, we took all your tax dollars and sent them to Ukraine. And then we took the rest of it and sold out our domestic energy production to places like Venezuela. You know how we're funding all these wars because we want to protect democracy? Well, now we're making the oil in a place that doesn't have democracy, you know, because that's how committed we are to protecting democracy. Democrats are so full of crap. We are enriching dictators with our domestic energy production. That is a fact. Venezuela, Iran, Russia, everybody we tell you are the worst human beings on Earth are rich because of our energy policy. OK, doesn't matter where how you vote. That is a fact of the matter. And then the Democrats like to get out there and be like, we're the party of the little guy. We just want to look out for the little. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. That's exactly what they're doing. So you understand they're in a really precarious spot right now because for all intents and purposes, it looks like Joe Biden is running again. OK, they're not doing a lot of public appearances. 
but they're out there in the world doing some fundraising events. What they've done with Joe Biden, and this is fascinating, okay? Joe Biden is getting treated as an incumbent president the way Gavin Newsom treated homeless people when Xi Jinping visited San Francisco. They're getting them out of the way so people don't have to see this unsightly thing. Now, we got an election coming up. We can't let them see this unsightly candidate who goes the wrong way when he leaves the stage and quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Biden's lost his marbles. That would be unappealing, you see. So uh, let's let's take the guy we need them to vote for and let's get him out of here. Uh, we don't want him to see that guy. We just want him to vote for that guy. That's what they did in 2020. That's what they're doing in 2024. They want to see the guy. And they're just ramping up the doom and gloom. Vote for us or people are going to die. I gave Hillary Clinton a rare compliment, a rare compliment earlier in the show today. But I did. I gave her a compliment. This guy will say anything. No, but I was giving her praise for real and rightfully so because she called out the rapes and the atrocities by Hamas. Full stop. She didn't say, yeah, but she just said no. And everybody in Washington knows that's the correct answer. No. But a lot of them aren't saying it because they're beholden to the support of these far left anti-Semites like Pramia Jayapal. Okay, but I can't unilaterally just give Hillary a free pass for the day if she also gets out there in the next breath and tries to throw around more climate gloom, more climate doom. Here's Hillary with a straight face saying there, you know, we're now able to count the deaths related to climate change. You are so full of No, we're not. Because nobody can quantify that a single solitary storm has been caused by climate change. Nobody. And here's a newsflash again and again and again and again and again, you guys. If you could be the most hardcore climate change guy in the world, God love you. You're welcome on the show. I'm not mad at you. You're not my enemy. Believe it. That's fine. I don't care. Okay, but we can't control the weather. Can't do it. We don't have a button we push. Nah, Jimmy, you don't understand, though. If uh, every type of car is, you know, everybody goes broke. Everybody who can't afford gas shells out $66,000 for an electric car, you see. Now the weather will change. We'll call up Mother Nature. Well, you can't call her that. We'll call up birthing person nature, and we'll tell birthing person nature, you know, no more of the bad storms, you see. I donated a bunch of money to a bunch of climate activists who fly around in private jets, and I told poor people to eat bugs while I was eating a steak at the Palm, and now the weather's it's, it's under our control. We control it now, you see. That's what they're trying to tell you. Here is Hillary Clinton. This is shameless. Clips eight. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate, and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened, they recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. Oh, my. It really is ludicrous. I mean, that is totally absurd. I mean, really, really think about that. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Hillary Clinton, girlfriend. You're just another dirtbag. 
understand, we don't know that the extreme heat in Africa is caused by climate change. Why do I say that? Because it's always been hot in Africa. Oh, wow. It has always been hot every single day. This idea that the same old weather is new is insanity. But she says it. Everybody looks around the room and they're like, oh, no, yeah, no, okay, no, okay, yeah, no, we'll, uh, oh, wait, what was that? What did she say? Please give us money. That's all she's saying. Dude, it's always been hot in Africa. Always. Always. When was the last time you guys went skiing in Nigeria? You're like, where are you guys going? To Mount Snow up in Vermont? VMT listeners? No, no, Jim, we're going over to Egypt. We're going to do this. We're going to ski by the pyramids. That's what we're going to do. We got a nice resort right along the Nile. That's where we're gonna. That's where we're gonna go. No, no, that's that's what we're doing. You guys, going to Killington this year? No, no, no Killington. The lift tickets. It's a great mountain. We love to ski there. Beautiful. Okay, we love we love Killington. It's great. No, no, it's great. Fan, fantastic. No, but no, we were gonna go to Hunter. And we're like maybe Killington. No, no, actually no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. We're we're going over to the Congo. We're gonna ski over there this way. No, you're not, because it doesn't snow there. Because it's always hot. That's the point. You are so full of. Sh- but Hillary's just like a tip of the iceberg, if you will, an iceberg that was clearly caused by climate change. Here is John Kerry over in Dubai telling us there shouldn't be any more coal-fired plants. Now, this is significant. This is what you got to understand. When Hillary says heat deaths are a problem, heat deaths are a problem. Do you know how we combat heat? With air conditioning. You know what powers air conditioning? Fossil fuels. You get rid of the coal, you get rid of fossil fuels. You know what powers an electric car? Fossil fuels, when they plug it into the grid, they're not plugging it into the sun. They're not plugging it into the rain. They're not plugging it into the water. They're not plugging it into a windmill in the middle of the ocean. They are plugging it into fossil fuels. Correct the mundo. So when you tell me, oh, the heat deaths are bad. Oh, I got it. So we'll get rid of the fossil fuels that give us air conditioning. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But it's also proof that it's a grift. Here's John Kerry. says no more coal plants. Clip nine. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. Oh, shut up, woman. John Kerry is a loser. And every time you hear one of these remarks, you can thank the good Lord above that he didn't win the presidency against George W. Bush. Okay, but that's what motivates a lot of what he does. He's the same guy Al Gore was. Guys who lost elections but had such a craven lust for power that they're now working behind the scenes as unelected bureaucrats to wield power over you. Going out and giving us lectures about the boiling water. Remember that Al Gore clip I played? Oh, the water is boiling. And- that was embarrassing. Yeah, don't you love when you go to the beach and the lobsters, the lobsters just wash up to the shore pre-cooked? No, di- no need to cook and peel the shrimp tonight, honey. We got them at the beach. The water was boiling. These are the things they're telling you. They're not even listening to themselves. When he says, oh, when you're an adult and you're in a position to do something about all these deaths, no more coal plants. No more coal plants means more death. He knows what he's talking about. But that's what you're dealing with here. It's fraud. Okay, it's people like John Kerry and Hillary Clinton who couldn't win an election that are wielding their powers in other ways. Talking to you about these unquantifiable weather-related deaths. 
Oh, I can't even imagine how many heat deaths there were in Africa. That's significant if it was snowing in Africa last July. But you know what the average temperature was in Africa last July? It was 106. So, I mean, like, what, what are we talking about here? Oh, I got it. We're talking about people who are full of... It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So this is what we're back to now. Okay, this Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You probably didn't hear this, but there's a book for sale. Michael wants to join us and talk to it. Michael! <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Fallon. Hey, real quick, before we talk about the book, mm-hmm. I caught you on Fox News Saturday night Ooh. with Dagan McDowell and Ooh. Emily. What a party that was. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, Michael. Well, you know you, dub- you, know you doubled my ratings, so thank you. Oh, uh, well... <laughs> That Gaza Strip and the MMZ. Oh, my gosh. If you didn't see it, uh, people ought to go check it out. I'm sure it's on the website, right? Yeah, it's somewhere. I'll I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it. Thank you, brother. It was a lot of fun. It was killer. So I I know you took time off to to work on this book, and I I guess because it takes time to collect the 101 best fart jokes, right? (laughs) So you had to take a little time, right? Michael, if that's what you think of my writing, like you have the highest success rate to get through the call screener in the history of the show if that's where you put my writing my we gotta put you on the timeout step you dirtbag well, well, i'm kidding well, no no i'm no, kidding actually I, actually i wanted to know how many pages of coloring there were going to end up being you know well, okay so michael i just want to be clear you have suggested fart jokes and coloring both of which are way too highbrow for a book with my name on it we are a long hey, way. Hey, now, Mikey mentioned there's going to be an audio version of the book. Now, see, I'm tuned into that. That's awesome. I can put that on as I'm driving. That's fantastic. Oh, but the it. question I have, didn't that require that you have the ability to read? Now, oh, man, oh. Michael, coming in hot today. Wow. I Listen, well, I don't know who your latest lot lizard was, but this guy must have been great looking. Oh, oh. I can't wait to get that book, buddy. I know that's going to be a barn burner, so good job writing the book. I'm going to sign yours with a middle finger, but you know I love you. Be good, Michael. You're the greatest. Brian Brenberg, another friend of ours, joining us next on Fox Across America. One of the reasons I married my wife. It is Radar Love by White Lion. And as a guy who grew up watching that video on MTV, now this is the White Lion version, Brenberg. Don't at me with the original because that's the remake. Isn't it Golden Earring yes, original? Yes, but if we were going to touch the original, but that was the White Lion version. No kidding. Yeah, I'll play you the Golden Earring version on my phone right now. Why would I doubt It's on an you? album called Moon Tan if Moon you wanted Tan. to get into it. But think about this for a Jimmy Fallon who grew up in the 80s watching MTV. Yeah. Okay, Radar Love, the guy racing home to meet to the girl. You know how exciting it was to me to have Jenny on the other side of the country? And I'd get in a car, and I'll be there in eight hours. Been Boom! Driving, been driving all night. Oh, forget about it. You were, you know, Dude, radio's playing that forgotten song. That was amazing. We had Radar Love. It was amazing. These I didn't know matter. White Lion did a version Yeah, of oh, that, it's a great though. one. you got to watch it. But joining us now, and he shouldn't know, White Lion, uh, because he has a new title on the show. 
You've heard me identify him as a co-host of The Big Money Show. But he is now heretofore uh, the senior correspondent to Elvis. And a lot of people fought for that job. <laughs> yes. A lot of people true. fought for that it's job. true. Brian Brenberg is here. I'll explain. Good to see you. It's great to see you, man. Please explain. Okay. So in my office, you guys, where I write, I write things. I write jokes. I write stand-up specials. I actually wrote a book. Uh, it's called you Cancel did Culture. Not. Did, did you really? I, nobody knows Unbelievable. This. Breaking news. I'm holding it up for the Fox Nation cameras. The Cancel Culture Dictionary, an A to Z guide to winning the war on fun. You can order it right now on foxnewsbooks.com. You can order it right now. You can order it for the holidays. Not if you like are. Like right this minute, this I could second. order it. And if you're coming to meet me live this weekend, me, my brother Mike, and Lincoln will be in uh, Tyler, Texas, at Texas Music City on Saturday. You're going to be in Tyler, Texas? Saying, the and whole family? Just me, Mikey, and Lincoln okay. this time. Jenny didn't make weight, so we didn't let her come. <laughs> I kid, Jenny, I love you. I love you, you know I do. Um, so <laughs> that's I'm so good. So hold on a second. If you go to Tyler, if you're coming to Texas Music City this Saturday, if you pre-order the book now, okay, when you meet me on Saturday, we're giving you an insert so you have an autographed copy of the book. Because the book doesn't show up till January. No. But I show up Saturday but you can with a HarperCollins insert. You write the it, book. and then you peel the sticker off, you and it's now page one of the book. That's simple. So you get a pre, you get an autographed copy of the book. You don't even have the book. It's kind of magic we have. It's, it's, you so get anyway. the autograph before the book. It's, it's unbelievable. But the reason it matters, though, you guys, is because for people who are buying it for someone else for Christmas, you want to hand them something. That's right. In this instance, handing them my autograph, I don't know why, for some godforsaken reason, <laughs> is an item of value. I don't I didn't. I don't <laughs> report to know why and i'm the guy i show up to the events i meet all these i hug it i get groped by the old ladies i love it but the point i still don't know why but i we don't need to figure that out what we need to do just go, is go to it. foxnewsbooks.com but anyway i write in my office a lot my daily routine consists uh on average i'm in this building at 5 a.m because i want to write before my brain has interacted with the world that's when your brain is freshest and so I pull open a notebook and I write freehand in my office. But one of the things that keeps me in the mood to write is the energy I'm surrounded by. So my office, mm. some of you guys have seen videos or pictures of it online, is adorned with people I think are badass or people that I like their energy. You yes. dig? And we just took the central pillar of my office. You guys who don't work at Fox News, I'm giving you some backstory here. Where my office is located is at the end of a, a hallway on the 20th floor where when my door is open – Every single person on the 20th floor can see that wall. Very strategic. Very strategic. So understand knowing that to be the case because I'm giving them an entree into what my office world must be like. What I put on that wall is selective. So when I moved in, family values guy. Picture of Lincoln, picture of Jenny, picture of the dog. Yes. Okay. But now, Brenberg, we're in a war. Okay, and when it's time to really do battle, who do you call in? The general's right there. The yep. general is on that wall. The king of rock and roll. What is now hanging in my office, ladies and gentlemen, on that wall, because I consulted Brenberg on the placement of this product it's True. at the behest of Jenny Fallow, who was like, I don't know, ask That's Brenberg. That's true. Ask Brenberg. That's what she said, ask Brenberg. You know better call Saul? Okay. <laughs> better Saul. try bribe. Better try bribe. <laughs> yes. That's what you better try bribe. I like bribe. that. Okay, we call them up. We, well, you don't play yourself in the film. We have the guy from Better Calls. You, so, get it matter. Else, you get credits. Yeah. Okay, but the point is, okay, prominently positioned now, the only thing on the pillar is like a four foot by six foot yeah. Elvis Presley mugshot where he's got the taking care of business glasses on. But whoever the artist is, and I'll give them a shout out when I figure it out, yeah. 
had the good nature to put it on an orange background. Yes. And it screams. It screams. It's like you can't walk out of uh, the 20th floor at Fox and, and look out on no. the floor and not see it. It's it, this, nuts. You got to just – like when he talks about the energy, you got to understand you got you got a huge orange Elvis staring you in the face. But then like to your right, you're going to have – uh, Mickey Mantle, 53 Mickey Mantle looking at you. You got Chuck Berry looking at yeah, you. You, you got Rodney Dangerfield looking at you. So you just think of the interaction of these personalities. That's who you've got hosting this radio show right now. <laughs> but I do. This is psychotic because he's saying that to be silly. But when I sit down to write, that's who's writing. I'm writing with all of these people. Did you Have you written anything lately, though? I mean, that's my question. Oh, you know what? All right. Don't tell anybody. I have a book out. Okay. I have a book out. It's called The Cancel Culture Dictionary. <laughs> Shame on you. We have like two listeners <laughs> left at this point, The Cancel Culture Dictionary at A to Z Guide to Winning the War on Fun. You can get it now at foxnewsbooks.com. And you have to because here's the deal, Brenberg. This matters. And I told this to the crowd. At the Carson City, the Carson Nuggets, Saturday night, Carson City, Nevada, three sold out shows. They were great. Is when I go on my next tour, my book tour, they're going to, based on which markets buy the most books, are going to determine where I'm allowed to go. Reason being is they want to film it. There you they go. want to know there'll be like a good turnout. There you go. People yeah. will show up Makes to get the sense. books autographed and they'll get the good PR. They don't want to see me, you know what I mean, and seven people. Cooking a pot of meth behind a dumpster because that's who <laughs> which is up. normally no, what you see. We want to see there. something else. They're welcome. I mean, if there is nothing, a Jimmy Fallon event. This is what's funny. It is the closest thing to a casino. You know how a casino is the only place in the world where you can see a guy in a tuxedo sitting next to a guy in a hockey jersey with shorts on, and it's like the it's the casino because they're just there to gamble. Both there for the same reason. Basically, that in a strip club, yeah. I think, would be the argument. <laughs> well, a Jimmy Fallon show is that because every walk of life is represented. Yes. You've got the classy people there. And then, you know, you've also got, like, the white trash element, which is me, which is the star of the show. <laughs> I bring the white trash element Everybody feels classy next to the, do the guy ever. up on stage. Do That's they, the beauty of it. Do you they go there ever, to be affirmed. Do they ever? That's the whole point of what this is, is I am uh, an inferior version of all of you. And I show up <laughs> as the star of the show and tell you about oh, what a mess I am. Man. And we all leave feeling better about the it's world. It's so Brenberg. true. That's the point. Brian He's Brenberg. a vitamin for your life, ladies and gentlemen. Brian Brenberg. In, not to be confused with balance of nature. If you act now, I kid. <laughs> Brian Brenberg is in studio. Senior correspondent to Elvis. Uh, Bill Hammer wanted the gig. You know the first thing I did after we agreed on hanging wow. it? I, I, I communicated, I picked up the phone and called directly to the set of America's Newsroom during a commercial break. <laughs> the red phone on the I'm desk? I'm not kidding. And I was like, Hammer, check your phone. And I sent him a picture of Elvis. I'm like, you're the only other guy that would appreciate this besides me and Brenberg. And you know what? He just wrote back, solid freaking gold. I'm coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a it's a it's a big deal to get Bill Hemmer's endorsement. No, That's no, no, no. huge. But he's a, he's the biggest Elvis guy. He once admitted this on I the understand. show to owning an Elvis jumpsuit. He walks around like the East Village with it. People are like, hey, Elvis, he's Hemmer. He's That's best. who I saw this weekend. That's amazing. <laughs> he didn't even say hi. Oh, it's great. So let's talk about this, Brenberg, because it is. Ha- I, you know, I don't know. Were you a room decorator growing up? I was. I used to cut magazine clips and tape them to my wall. That's a great point. I mean, you could call it decoration. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of magazine covers, like the Sports Illustrated covers, mm-hmm. you know, Sporting News yeah, even yeah. Mm-hmm. back in the day. I love that stuff yep. because 
Yeah, like you want to walk into the space and say, okay, so here's like this is what I want to be. This yes. is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You you say energy, and I think that's exactly the right way to put it. Like, what spirit do you want to live Ambition. your life with? Do you want to know one of the best yeah. ones I ever had? It was a great one in my childhood bedroom because I used to just rip, you know, cut things out of the Sports Illustrated and sport, Sporting News, like you said. There was a famous one where Albert Bell, remember the Indians outfielder oh, Albert Bell, gosh. the 51 home run year? Yeah. Also used that bat to chase trick or treaters later in his career. <laughs> Not a lot of man of the year Dude, awards. I love Albert Bell. Bell so nice. He was a badass. But I have. There was a great one where the Indians were good in '95. They were playing the White Sox, who we later played for, where they had thrown at Albert Bell. Yes. And there was a shot in Sports Illustrated of him with the bat on his shoulder, staring into the dugout. It was so menacing. <laughs> And I might have peaked in life. It was like my junior year of high school or senior year. I had an Albert Bell on the wall next to an Atlanta Falcons Deion Sanders Ooh. in the last step of a pick six touchdown. Yes. But it was the ambition of that. It was like yes. the, you that's what you hang the stuff up for. Uh-huh. You know, and it was the ambition of that. And I think it's so powerful. And I think whoever you are listening right now, you might not have a lot of money, but changing the energy where you live has an impact on your attitude, on your day-to-day vibe. Go cut something out of the newspaper you like and scotch tape it to the wall. It changes the energy of the room, and it costs nothing, man. You did have to do some time, though, after that Albert Bell influence (laughs) went a little too far. But you don't have to talk about There was a different energy in prison that also could have helped you out a little bit. Good for you, Brenberg. But you know my proudest thing of everything I've imparted on to Lincoln, because he yep. is cursed with being the, the I, I told you this, Lincoln is is a ardent room decorator. Yeah. And he has Funko Pops and flags and trophies and jerseys. But like for his birthday this year, when he got his new round of shirts and jerseys and everything, he ran up to his room, locked the door, and then like he worked around for like Moved an hour. the room. And then he was just opened the door and he's like, Dad, you got to see my room. <laughs> I love it. And I came up and I was so psyched. And I did love it because I understand if you are a true room maestro. Yes. You do get it right because you sit there and you move that Funko Pop. You know what? This Kenny Pickett jersey, he threw two interceptions on Sunday. He shouldn't be the first thing you see when you walk in. You're not walk. You're not. It's not welcome to the two interception bedroom. Okay, it's, it's totally. Amazing. I'm going to get a Bradshaw up there. No chance he throws any interceptions. He's retired with rings. Right. Okay, and that's what he does. It's great. But I get it. You get it, right? Yes. That's I mean, the point. this is how you start. If you want to work a room sometime down the road in your life, you got to work the room you have. Thank you. No. Thank you. And this is a good adage. They say that in boxing. You don't have to be the best fighter in the world. You just got to be the best fighter in that ring. Yep. That's it. You don't have to be the best guy. Brian Bremberg in wow, studio. This is all free, isn't it? Like, this is all free. this wisdom is free. This, this is the speech I gave Lincoln on Friday because I was sleep deprived. When I get sleep deprived, I have a lot of ambition. He's very sleep deprived right now. So I'm no I'm not no, very, I'm not. very sleep deprived. I will have you know, I just flew to Reno and back in 24 hours. Did three shows, three meet and greets, and a private dinner. Can you tell? In 24 hours. I don't want to hear this, Brenberg. I've been in this building since 5 a.m. I don't have to take this. Right egg. I'll be here till midnight. I don't want to hear a word about sleep deprived. <laughs> I'm just a guy. I'm just happy to be playing the teams on the schedule. Oh, man. But I was telling Lincoln, and you and I, we kind of discussed this off the air, but everybody listening needs to know this. Whatever profession you're in, uh, 80% of the people in that profession are doing the bare minimum to hold on to their job. Mm. So, and this is a good American ambition tale, okay? Whatever you're doing in life, you the listener, uh, and whatever you want to do, whatever you think that gap is, you're the actual gap. Your willingness to work and apply yourself, because reality is, I know you have hardship and you have adversity, 
80% of the people in your division aren't trying. I told Lincoln this. I'm like, if you're in a six-team division, you got, you're competing with one other team. No, that's true. Four of the teams are just there. They're getting the revenue sharing from the league, <laughs> selling a couple of you know, jerseys on the website, and they're breaking even. They're like, we'll have concerts here in the offseason. We don't need to make the playoffs. We'll make money that way. So if you go hard, Brenberg, are, are we not – if nothing else, we're testament to a few things in terms of anybody can make it in TV and radio. <laughs> but true. we're also testament to the fact <laughs> that we worked. There is no way. No one called us up and was like, hey, you want to come down and be a TV guy? No way. Ah, man. I, you know, the, the cool thing is after he gave that speech to Lincoln, Lincoln said, can you go stand in that corner of my room? You'd be perfect in here. <laughs> right in that corner. If you could just stay there, it's the kind of energy I need. He hung up a picture. <laughs> <laughs> picture of Jimmy on the wall. I'm holding a bat like Albert Bell. I'm staring down Dude, a team. Amazing. Albert Bell. But it's true, guys. Go hard. You'll win. Um, do you have that you can think of? I can think of other people's best decorations. I kind of gave you what I thought some of mine were. Um, yes. And while you're jogging your brain, I'll just tell you, because I grew up in like the late uh, 80s, early 90s, around then. I, you had Everybody had that like ambition poster where it was like a Lamborghini, a Porsche, <laughs> yes. and a Ferrari, and like a three-car yes. garage. Yes. I had everybody in my block had that poster and Cheryl Teague's. The swimsuit model. Yes, okay. I didn't have, this swimsuit. Is it right I didn't have swimsuit permission. It was all sports with me, <laughs> you know. No, I hear you. Well, you know I've got the cardboard glory wall. That's, yes, you do. That's um, that's a unique feature. Follow Brenberg on Twitter because he chronicles the exploits of this cardboard glory wall. We are yeah. doing what? You're adding a card every day. That that's what I. Well, I add cards, and as I can get them in there, they all go on the wall, and then you tell stories through the cards. Mm. Right? It could be what's going mm. on in the world. It could be what's going on in sports, mm-hmm. and it's just great art uh-huh. for guys like us. Yep. You know, who have a definition of art that's yep. maybe a little more. Yep. 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 You know, and, and but magazines of, on your wall. But you know what he's actually doing, though. You're just—it's the energy you're bringing into it, it the room. Is, it is—it's the energy in the room. I—I uh, I tell you, the other thing I got on the wall that I love is old. You know, the programs from baseball games back oh, in the day that you'd that. buy, like the yearbook for the yeah. '65 Twins. So I love taking those things and blowing them up and putting them on the wall because, like, those guys knew how to capture, Amazing. like, the, the whatever they wanted to create for that feeling for that year. They knew how to do that. You'd get just great old photos. You'd Dude. you'd get like the you'd get like the perfection of whatever the aesthetic was of that yes. year, which oh, in the mid-century God. was so great. It was amazing. Put that up. I mean, you put that on the wall and it just, it makes you feel like we, we used to know how to do a few things. That's, that's true. American exceptionalism is a yes. lot of what we're embodying when yes. we do this. Cause yes. that's who ultimately winds up on the wall. Everybody exactly. is some type of an American badass. That's a great point. You know what you just inspired me to do? Cause I thought we were settled in my office. Now I'm going to go gut my 86 Yankees yearbook. Because they have a Ricky Henderson Mercedes ad because oh, he won the stolen that's base what crown. I'm talking about. But it's such a sleek yes. looking ad. It's him in the pinstripes. He's in like his first step takeoff over a Mercedes with like a cheetah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And you know, Ricky's just gonna be on the wall. Ricky's just gonna be in a frame next to Mercedes because Ricky just won't be art in your office. You know what I mean? Oh, Brenver. You, you got just... you gotta yeah, you gotta get the cars on the wall too, because there's nothing that says American exceptionalism and ambition and like the height of our design than the American vehicle. And again, you got to kind of go mid-century on that. Uh, Yes, you do. And you know what it goes hand in hand with? Radio. Radio is America. Yeah. Song comes. That's a good. There's nothing more powerful when it comes to loving a song 
than the spontaneous surprise of a song you love. There it is. Everything being on demand kind of takes the joy out of this because totally. it's anticipatory. Totally. The greatest feeling in the world is you're driving along, you go, oh, my, we were just talking about this song. Yes. And you hadn't heard it in 19 years. And it changes your energy. It is so, bang. That's what we're trying to do. So in closing, if you buy the Cancel Culture Dictionary, <laughs> and I do mean this, and that's not shameless because this book will help. Like, I wrote it. I read it. I actually believe in it. It's psychotic. Okay, it is psychotic. Okay, but the whole book is dedicated to changing the country's energy. We're doing it wrong. We need to redecorate our walls in a way that gets us to prioritize the correct things. Policing comedy isn't helping society. Policing movies isn't helping society. Yes. Okay, music yes. songs. Oh, Jason Aldean wants to sing about stopping the bad guys. Hey, it's the bad guys. The bad guy. The guy with the guitar is not the problem. Right. It's the guy with the crowbar in the video. And that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take your wall and redecorate it. And it'll only cost you 30 bucks <laughs> if you go to foxnewsbooks.com. Brian Bremberg will always have this. Yeah, man. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth. Here on Fox Across America, you will not see me on the five today, but you know what you will see on the five? Uh, I wonder. Dana Perino uh, is doing a special segment about a new book. I'm going to let the audience guess. I don't want to spoil it for them. But she's doing a segment uh, today on the five about a new book by this hot young author who just came out. Is she doing yours too, though? Yeah. Oh! Wow! Boom! You heard that? You heard that! I mean... This guy's a serious ass. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, nice. were you to go shopping for an early Christmas gift for your family, I could sign that gift at Texas Music City this Saturday. If you're going to see me at the Palm Beach Kennel Club Saturday night, December the 16th, if you pre-order my book now, show up with a receipt, I will be able to sign the insert that goes in the book wow. for you wow. when we meet in person. How about that, Brenberg? The gift that keeps on giving. There it is. Right there. Bottom of the ninth. Show is over. Pay up. Get out. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.